Nah, I couldn't keep that part of it. I'm not gonna. I'm... Camera. Yeah. yeah, huh? yeah no. <laughs> look oh great. God. Like we said, look, new hat. Got it. Rocking it. Yo, I like the little finger thing though. The little <laughs> finger thing. That's the. <laughs> Let's rock out, yo. With it. That's why I'm mad with it. Ladies and gentlemen, what is going on is the I'm going to get in trouble podcast. I'm your boy, Eddie Lyles. Terrence G is in the building. What's going on, Barbara? With that <laughs> stupid hat, I don't that Kansas City Royals hat. It's a crappy hat, sir. I just want to make sure you know that. But you we just, have somebody. No, nah, I'm just saying we got somebody with a better hat than you. That's all. I agree. I, I'll see that. Miss <laughs> Tina Graham. Miss Tina Graham is in the building. How y'all doing today? We are good. trying, trying, trying. Happy to have you. Happy to have you. Thank yeah, you for coming thanks for on. Having me on your show. It's great. No, I, I want to start off and make sure you know. Uh, I, I definitely um busted my ass on some ice yesterday uh so if i flinch it's because my knee hurts uh very bad and i'm not in a good position so <laughs> like and turns likes to make fun of me and he's oh, mean sorry. about it thank thank you miss miss tina graham I, I really do appreciate that that from the bottom of my heart because nobody else said that they felt sorry right turns I didn't feel sorry because he was hustling spicy beef patties like by the dozen <laughs> <laughs> But but let's jump into you really yes. quick. Can you can you give some people some of your backstory real quick? Please let them know. For those queen. that don't know, exactly but you should know. If they don't know, <laughs> let let's let's talk your trash, Miss Tina. Tell them about yourself. Well, I don't know what I do. I'm, I'm an agent. I'm a management. I'm a booker. I'm a promoter. All the above. I started out um, in entertainment and doing fashion shows. Nice. I hmm. was a swimwear lingerie model. Hmm. Okay. All right, throw it. Throw it out there. Yeah. Oh, I said, yeah. Tuck your shit. I said, you tuck your shit. Did you see the boss? She said, I was a, you know, a lingerie model. <laughs> that was the 80s. And then I <laughs> in the fashion show. My mother owned a boutique. At the fashion shows, I, you know, I started watching comedians like Hamburger. I'm from Jersey, so so Hamburger, Derek Fox, they all started this club called Terminal D. I said go there, and the guy named Terry Hodges is a uh, host. Showtime at the Apollo. He was the host. This is 1988. I was manager of singing group. Mm, okay. And you know, I wanted to keep them off the street, so I started doing that. And I, I put everything with the fashion show. I would have performers, comedians at the fat, you know, performing at the fashion shows. So I got into comedy, like doing a comedy show through Bob Sumner. Mm -hmm. Ah, we had him on a couple weeks ago. I was managing, and I had a whole hall in it. He came there one night, and he followed me to the bar. You know, when I'm bar, I was bartending at Moonlight, and I was working at the World Trade Center. And um, you was doing a lot. Yeah. <laughs> comedy kind of saved my life a little bit, you know. Gotcha. So, the talent shows, I would have all these celebrity hosts, you know. Hosting talent shows. As a matter of fact, one year it was a group in the fashion talent show by the name of New Style. Mm, and all that by nature. 
I don't know new style off top. New style is naughty by nature. Oh, <laughs> you used to manage naughty? No, they were in one of my talent shows. That's wow. amazing. That's dope. <laughs> That's dope. That's you got to see them before they were naughty. Yeah, they're special guests. <laughs> Lenny, uh, uh, Vinny always remind me of that. <laughs> so, That's amazing. Anyway, Bob was kind of one of my judges, but he always was telling me that I could do comedy at the club I was working at. And I mm. said, he said, well, I can introduce you to the Brown Brothers who ran the Uptown Comedy Club. Hmm. And Bob, okay. was, yeah, yeah. Bob was DJing at the place called Terminal D in Newark, New Jersey. Yep, he told us about that. Yep. Yeah, so he was he was like pressing me about it, but I was, you know, it was like, ah, this guy run a game on me. So he said, <laughs> you could do this. I was going to Terminal D anyway, because I like comedy. You know, Terminal D was, I, I went there on some other stuff though. I was like, they got good chicken wings, but it was a strip club. <laughs> <laughs> strip club. Oh, he left that part chicken. out. He left that part out. <laughs> yeah, uh, but there was comedy there. And right. I was like, okay, what is this? They had about five people in there, and I, I stopped going. And Bob came to my club in Linden, mm. New Jersey, and he said, "You can do comedy here." And then he said, "I'll introduce you to Brown Brothers." Meet me at Terminal D. I went to Terminal D. It was packed, and Terry Hodges wow. was hosting. He started picking on me. I was like, "Okay, here we go." <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, I can snap too. So anyway, anyway, uh, he introduced me to Andre Brown. And Andre mm -hmm. and Kevin Brown on the Uptown Comic Club in Harlem. Mm -hmm. This is all like between 88 and 89. So, yeah, I, I've, we've heard, I've heard the stories of Uptown Comedy Club. Yeah. So, so you know, they, um, Andre Brown, you know, we kind of hooked up and he would, I would do it Wednesday nights. And th these nice. people, I paid $5. So I made it free since I was getting the bar and the, and the food anyway. So, mm. you know, Smart. it was the thing where I started um, doing that. And I started hanging at the Uptown Comedy Club, and I got to know a lot of the comics, like Tony Woods and Maceo and Flex Alexander. The OG. On, you know, but in Monterey Ivy, man, Monterey Ivy got rested dead. Became mm -hmm. really good friends. So everything Monty did, he would put me down with it, you know. And then I started booking other clubs, too, outside of that. So why did you start? Why did you want to start booking? Because it sounds like you keep talking about this booking stuff. Why? Why did you want to get into that? I I like getting to know the comics. I like I I find talent. That's what I do. Gotcha. I like making the stars. I like to see their growth, hmm. and I like to see them evolve like a caterpillar into a butterfly. You know. <laughs> okay. I like, I like to see them do that. I mean, that's what I did with the girls, the modeling. I would have somebody come in and teach them how to walk. And with the singer group, I had somebody come in and work with them, you know. And I like to see, I like to see it evolve. Like when I was in high school and ninth grade, I used to do talent shows, whatever I saw on TV. I right. went to school, so, so this, I'm this my been head. A... So they had this thing called putting on the hits, which is now lip sync battle. <clears throat> Are they with okay. lip sync battles back then? It was called putting on the hits. Look it up. That's awesome. It was opposite <laughs> I got it. Yeah. though. It was opposite though. We mean the celebrities were the judges. Now the audience are the judges, and the right. celebrities okay. are doing the lip syncing. Back yeah. in the day, gotcha. it was called putting on the hits. Mm. And then they had a show Never called Star that. Search, and I said I could do it at the school. And I grew up in North Carolina, so okay. the school didn't get integrated to seventy two. So you know what's the present shit going on? Yeah. So all day. 
And they was like, ah, you can't do it. You can't do it. I was like, look, I'll raise the money. So I became a fundraiser too at an early age. Okay, one stop. Oh, hold on, I gotta stop you, Messina. I gotta stop you, Messina. Hold on, you didn't name eighteen jobs in the last <laughs> in the last three minutes. Yo. I ran out of questions to like link them together. You know? Right, I was, to, <laughs> I was trying to be like, wait, can I? Can I? Nope, 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 can't do that. Yep. <laughs> so my question then, Miss Tina, is: You said you started out with fashion before you went into comedy. What was it about comedy in particular that attracted you? to now jump into the comedy lane because it's obviously you're talented and could have done any of it but what made you go right. comedy well growing up i i, I love comedy i used to watch this mm. show called roland martin laughing i watched every johnny carson mm. i was big on carol burnett and flip wilson i grew up in the 60s 70s so that's all, all right. i did was watch comedy on tv mm. so I, carol burnett was my favorite comic back in the day tv so you know you know, and it was the thing where I loved Lily Tomlin, people like that. That's what I grew up with. You know, you know, my father had all these underground uh, albums like Lenny Bruce and uh, <laughs> Red Fox. Okay. Richard Pryor, you know, it was like we were sneaking listen to it, you know. So, right. With comedy. And I always like to laugh. I like to laugh. I was like a jokester in high school. Yo, so you like your name is behind a lot of different comics, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I can't run off this list. Your name is behind a lot of different comics and management. We need Wikipedia right? for that, right? Like, just bring up the, bring up the resume. I don't want to leave anybody out, like, right. so I'm not gonna go down this path. But how, what was your process for, like, all right, I think I should manage this person. Like, Ooh. I think this person might have something great. Like what was what was what was it? Do you can you pinpoint what you saw in people that make you want to push them? Well, most of the time I could tell if they have the it factor and I, I have mm. a hunger in them, you know. Because if not going to stick to it and I can't see that you're dedicated, you're wasting my time, you know. And I don't really Ooh. manage comics. I just like helping them. Like, gotcha. You know what Mike Epps, TK Kirkland, brought called me and said could you look out for a guy named mike epps and i said okay you know i gotta see him first so i set up right. a showcase for talent when they were doing the boston comedy club and and talent set up a showcase for me to see mike so when i got there it was like a thousand comics there in a place that hold 25 people right <laughs> i was telling everybody i was coming because all the comics standing there going on i was like 10 comics went on. i was like wait a minute what the hell going on here <laughs> but and I said, why is all these comics going on? I'm ready to go, you know. So I only go to comic clubs when I'm looking for comics. Other than that, I'm ready to go. And uh, so anyway, I, I'm like, by the 10th comic, I was like, yo, talent, what's up? Oh, you know, he got to pay his dues. I don't want to hear that shit. <laughs> where is Mike Epps? So right. I guess Mike overheard me. And he asked talent, he said, when am I going on? And I said, are you Mike Epps? He said, "Are you Tina Graham?" I was like, uh, "Yes, I was about to be leaving." Oh. So Tal was like, "You next." <laughs> <laughs> like, don't let her leave, bro. No, don't feel me like that. <laughs> so he went on. He was good. He had the it factor. He had the good look. He was. He wasn't nervous. His, his material. He had material that I hadn't heard before, hmm. which is another thing I look for. If I heard, if I hear your joke and it got other remnants of other people's stuff, and I can't really use you because it's already, already been done, you know. Right. And I won't tell a comic that unless he asks me, and I will tell him. 
So we see that all the time in like running our own shows and stuff like that. A lot of comics don't realize that they run other people's material per uh, per se, not steal it, but they might use elements of other people's material. Like, how do you can you coach a comic out of that, or do you think that's just there? I can coach them if they got something to talk about in their own life. When you're talking about the same thing, like if you're talking about an Obama joke or whatever, once we come out, you're going to hear a thousand coronavirus jokes. Come yeah. on, man. It's got to be something else going on in your life, your family or something, some kind of tragedy you can talk about. Instead of talking about the same thing everybody else is talking about. After a while, you're all the same person. So am I hearing this correctly? The great Miss Tina Graham doesn't care for political and current event jokes. That's what I want to hear. But she wants to hear a different take but on different it. She doesn't want to hear the same thing. I don't want to hear the same yeah. thing over and over again. You got to be clever with it. That See, I knew I loved her vibe before she came on here, but that just solidified it. That's beautiful. Miss Tina, and, and this is for all our fans of me and my hatred of it. Uh, do you like uh, genitalia jokes? Cause you, you, we gotta call you Miss Tina Graham. So I'm not gonna say what I want to say. I'm gonna just say, do you do you like? He's been around comedy long enough, Miss Tina. You like dick jokes or not? No, I am sick of dick. Yes, yes. I didn't want Eddie to have that win. I didn't want him to have that win. I don't care about dick jokes. I just like to do it to make Eddie uncomfortable. I don't like genitalia jokes. Talk that shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I just I don't like genitalia jokes. Real life, and, and, and I say that on both sides. Mostly dudes, because mostly dudes are the ones that do it. But like it, it's all it's been. We've been talking about it for two hundred years on stage. Why are we do, still doing them? Am I wrong in this? No, you're not. And every time I look at a comic, I look at a comic for television. You can't use that on TV. True. Unless it's uh, it, unless it's like edgy or something like that, some way, clever way that you can make me think that you've done a, a nasty joke, but you think make me think opposite. You right. know what like Red Fox used to do? He was clever with that. Oh, yeah. but other than that, I can't, I can't stomach all, oh, especially when it's, you're auditioning and it's like back to back to back to back to back. It's almost like they're trying to one up each other with sex yes. jokes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Did I take, take a shower right now? I need a cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> so one thing we we asked uh mr sumner and it's something that i tend to ask uh, quite a few people how do you feel about the the labels between urban comedy and mainstream what do you think of when you hear that what does that make you feel like when you hear those i, I mean kind of derogatory terms in some aspect how do you feel about urban room and urban comedy versus mainstream really feel any kind of way about it because I just look for funny, you mm. know, because the same jokes you do here, you can do in a white club. It's right. not funny. People are going to laugh at it. If they're laughing at Richard Pryor, they're going to laugh at you. So what is Richard Pryor? Urban joke? Urban comic? Uh, some yeah. would say that. Play and, and, live on comic strip. Those are white people. Look at Paul Mooney. Paul Mooney, all he talks about is white versus black and, and political and, and he'd be killing the white people. His audience mm -hmm. is white. Right. This is Paul Mooney. He's a writer for uh, Richard Pryor and Eddie Murphy and all these people. Eddie Murphy can play any room. Richard Pryor can right. play any room with the same jokes. Right, right, he right, right. jokes universally funny. Chris Rock, what is it? 
Because audience is pretty much half and half. The jokes are funny. It ain't got nothing yeah. to do with it. That's just a label that people put on because to separate us. Mm, I agree wholeheartedly. That's that's one of the things that we discuss. And so it's always interesting to hear people that have been doing it a significant amount of time and how they view on it. And I love to hear that it always boils down to funny. Because at the end of the day, you, to, yeah, I mean, absolutely. the bottom line, if we were all if we were all blind in the audience. Mm -hmm. Would you know what color I was? Right. I like you're doing white. I don't like the white versus black stuff. I don't like none of that stuff. But yeah, I, I, I think I think if, hear a point of it. tell me a story. You know what I'm saying? Tell me something. That's why I like comments like Tony Woods and and uh, Dave Chappelle because they get down to the nitty gritty. They tell you a story. They take a subject. Right. They, they give you their point of view. Oh, right. That's I, I think that's one of the things that like I always when I'm booking shows and stuff. That's one of the things that I always look for. It's like, do you have a point of view? Right. Like Shep Kelly's been commenting all day on the uh, on the thread. Shep Kelly is my homie. I love Shep Kelly, but I love Shout Shep Kelly Shep. mostly because she's different. You know what I mean? Like Butch lives matter. Oh my god, I love her. I met her in LA at Hope Plus Comedy Convention. Mm. Which is a good thing. It was really a good thing, you know. And it stopped in 2018. It was coming back in 20 last year, and all of a sudden we got hit with the pandemic. Yeah. But I met her there and she brought me down to Memphis because she started this thing called Black Girls Giggle. Mm -hmm. Yep. She brought me down to and that's in New Orleans. Yeah, she brought me yeah, down. Yeah, knowledge. Okay, all the comments like, oh my God, Tina Graham. But that Kim Coles and Hope Flood, everybody was there. It was nice. But it was yeah. essence. So it was like the yeah. audience was kind of split, you know. Shep don't play. She, I, I've I've been fortunate enough to share the stage with her, and, and she is an absolute beast. And I love right. I love the same thing. It's a different <laughs> perspective me and, rather than the same thing. And she's me and she, Shep. She's really go ahead, go. minded too. She's very yes. business minded. I like that about her. She had a lot of comments. That's where they lacking too. The, and that, like me and Chef, I remember me and Chef had a show, mm -hmm. and I don't a, a person didn't show up. Somebody didn't show up. I can't remember what it was. It was either the host or the feature, whatever. And we got like 20, 30 people in this room. So we like Shep and Shep had to like look at me and was like, nah, we doing the show, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we doing it. She was like, you do 30. I'm gonna go back and do 30, and we're gonna have a good show. And it was one of the best shows that I've ever been at. Like it was okay. like I rocked out, and it was like her confidence of like instilling in her, instilling in me, like her confidence, and then me going on stage and doing it, and then her like going up and was like, Yeah, and I'm still gonna bury you, son. Like it was <laughs> <laughs> I love Shep. But have you, have you have you met comics like that? Like that just give off energy, like. Like they just make other people better just because they're there. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, they fall in between, but I'm saying comics <laughs> 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 that I actually hang out with. Mm, he right. is one of them. Mm. It's hard for me to hang out with you. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's fine. That I really like click with like that. I'm I'm friends with all the comics, but to actually get that. I'm gonna call you sometime. So do you do you find that in in all your experience and years with comics, is it is it the comics that kind of are always on that annoy you most and that's why you don't hang out? Like the ones that can't take a, a conversation be serious. Yeah, they can't, it's always gotta be, I've got to show you up and I've got to make this joke. Or is that what kind of turns you away from the hangout? 
Well, I'm not a hangout person, period. But when okay. we're out, like if we're in LA or something like that, it's certain people I will call mm. where I won't call certain other people. Like when I'm in LA, I'll call Corey Holcomb. Mm. Right. Because me and Corey, we got history. He used to be at my house. I, my apartment used to be the hotel for uh, like 200 comedians. Wow. Like throughout the weeks? That's why they call me the godmother of comedy. Mm. Okay. Yeah, they would come in. Oh, God. It was. <laughs> and I'm like, come out here. Tell a story, please. Tell a story. I'm like, how many comedies? Wait a minute. Did you regret the decision to open up oh, your no, apartment? No, no, no. It's fun, you know. I had a two bedroom apartment. And a lot of times, some of the shows that I worked on, like Showtime at the Apollo and Uptown Comedy Club TV show, they were all NBC. Um, Uptown was Fox, and Showtime at the Apollo was NBC. But they didn't pay for air and hotel. Wow. And instead of me watching VHSs all day, and they were horrible, I said, I got to mm -hmm. see these guys live. That's why I started doing auditions live. Mm. And I would have the promoter bring me to their town. I said, you want the show to come to your town? Are you wow. Air and hotel, and I watch all your... <laughs> Smart play. Smart play. It'd be like two hundred comments. That'd be like for like two days. I'm like, really? Are you still doing? Are you still? You were still doing showcases when I started. I started eight nine years ago. So, and you were still doing showcases then. Are you, do you think when the pandemic's over, you're gonna start doing showcases again? Oh yeah, I got a couple of shows I need comics for. But okay. I put that. Out. <laughs> I will be getting all kind of email. I've been getting no. a out. As soon as I start talking, I get all these DMs. <laughs> I'm like, oh man, I'm about to put your, I'm about to put your email up. I'm about to put your email. No, take the Instagram off. Otherwise, people gonna be sliding into her DMs, being like, "Hey, let me get a spot. Let me get a spot." <laughs> it's like I, I, I can tell who's on on Clubhouse because I'm like, "Oh God, I said something I should have said." <laughs> <laughs> hey, so Corey, Corey B just asked this question. Shout out Corey B. Uh, do you have a favorite era of comedy? Um, the early 90s, because 1990 mm. is when stuff started really happening. Right. Like, Uptown Comedy Club wasn't just comedy. It was hip-hop and sketch. Like, right. all the hip-hop artists used to hang at the Uptown Comedy Club in Harlem. And, and Puffy, and Puffy was an intern, and right. Russell used to come there every Sunday, which people don't realize... Def Jam came from the Uptown Comedy Club. <laughs> right. Yeah, and because Bob made that hookup between the Brown Brothers and Russell, because Russell found Bob got a job at Def Jam Records. Right. Mm -hmm. And me and Bob was hanging tough at the time, and Bob was hanging me with the uh, helping me out with the singing group. Nice. Okay. Okay. So it was ne it was all networking. I get it. It was all networking when Bob left Terminal D, which he got fired from Terminal D, and he took Terry with him. Bob said later for it. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna, now I'm gonna be your competition. He started comedy at Club 88 in 1990. Okay. And he took Terry with him, but Terry lasted a week, and then Bill Bellamy stepped in, and things okay. started happening. Yo, because the, the fashion, the history. fashion guy, the Bell, Bill Bellamy is the fashion guy of comedy, man. Well, like, he, he like, was he was Mr. Uh, uh, a booty call. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was a booty call, but that and things started happening. As far as television, now 
Uptown Comic Club caught the eye of Russell Simmons, and Russell Simmons found out that Bob was moonlighting doing comedy himself. Oh, and he okay. knew the Brown Brothers, so he had Bob introduce him to the Brown Brothers, and they met up and they came up with the show. And they did, I think they did the um, pilot and stuff with the Uptown Comic Club. I think Joe Torrey, Chris Tucker, all of was in the pilot. And I don't know what happened. I know what happened, but I'm just not saying because I did a documentary okay. on this, but it didn't come out yet. And oh, we gonna we gonna talk about Russell, that later. Yeah. In the pilot, HBO offered Russell to come up with a show. He figured mm-hmm. he would give them the comedy show at the Uptown Comedy. It ran like a comedy, sh- like a TV show. It really did. Right. But um, Uptown ended up getting their own show anyway. I think things the negotiation went crazy or whatever. Russell took the pilot to HBO anyway, and right. long behold was that comedy jam. Right. But I, actually, Robin Harris was supposed to be hosted. Robin died. Harris was supposed to host Def Comedy Jam? Yes. He passed away right before it. And the next person in line that was visible was Martin Lawrence. And Martin had just did um, uh, Boomerang and, you know, right. and House Party. Yeah. And House Party. Shout and out he, DC Zone. Yeah. <laughs> or Germany Zone, whatever. <laughs> yeah, he was born in Germany. That's right. He was born, you know, in, Germany. born in Germany. Uh, Drew Frazier. No, didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I, I, found I had a podcast in 2011 and I was interviewing comics. I was scared to death. I was like, I ain't never done this. The guy was my partner. He was military. He said, they can't see you on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> and look where we are now. Yeah, I was just saying, look. But they can see me. <laughs> <laughs> you look great in the hat and you're rocking it out and you're killing it with these questions. What is... <laughs> In your opinion, what is the the biggest mistake that you made but learned from while on your journey? The biggest mistake I made was not monopolizing and bringing comics together as a unit because we could have brought them more together hmm. and became our own agent in management instead of going to like the ICMs and, you know, we could have developed our own thing. And you know, I was told that they were going to have deaf comedy cafes all over the country, like improv. In the Uptown Comedy Club, let other people bite off of the, what their franchise. Yeah. You know, instead mm-hmm. of opening it themselves, we would have had our own thing going on. We would have had our own improv, but we wouldn't have to go to the white club and do one night of comedy at a black comedy at 10 o'clock at night. Right. You know, because I was, I was booking the improv for Marvin Dixon. And Miami Nights was a rough room. <laughs> I wow. had to be real careful about the comics I was sitting there. You know, it was the thing where a lot of the New York comics can't play the South, and some of the Southerners can't play the North because they're too local. Mm-hmm. But when I see them yeah. in their town and I think they can come here, that's when I would invite them to come stay with me. Gotcha. <laughs> do you think? Do you think now it would work though? Like, would you? Do you think comics coming together? Because I, I mean, as a comic who has a lot of different things going on with a lot of different comics. I can see why comics don't work together. So do you, do you think th- like that will ever happen? Or do you think it's like, it has to be like somebody very in the forefront to make that happen? How do you think that happens? Well, you're still dealing with divide and conquer, you know, mm. with, with us. You know what I'm saying? It's the thing where even though, I mean, how many black comic clubs are there, really? I don't know. I, don't I really know. couldn't I tell you. I can count on one hand. Hmm. 
Like you talking about A comedy clubs, not the B, not the pop ups or the B list comedy club. You talking about A comedy comedy club? That means somebody in your pocket. Trust mm. me, I, I got a friend that, uh, in Jacksonville. He tried to start a comedy club, mm. and the, and the other comedy club that was established told the comics if they play that club, they couldn't play theirs. And see, I've I I caught yeah, flack. I caught flack for bringing that up with a couple of people because they said I've never heard of that. But uh, yeah. Shevitz, oh, true, honey. Trust me. yeah, Shevitz, um, Witchard, he's out in the D.C. area. Witchard, yeah, uh, Witchard. Um, he was mentioning trying to bring some acts in and ran into that exact thing that if the big time act came down and played with Shevitz and the rest of us, he wouldn't be able to play anywhere else throughout the country. At exactly, their- because they got a monopoly on it. And not only that, yeah. it's, a, it's a thing where they don't have an in and out clause. You can't play yep. there for three months in or three, three months, months in. Yep. Right along it, with it. Now, this is my thing, though. Like, on certain level, I, I do understand business. So sometimes people make rules because it's good business, and then some people make rules because they want to they wanna F people over, right? I feel like I'm cussing in front of my aunt. Like, <laughs> oh, cause I cornered the market on that. <laughs> you better ask some of the comics. Tony Woods told his comic, he said, I was I was going off on this comic. I had a spot in Harlem called Mocha's. I gave it to Smokey, uh-huh. and uh, I went through five hosts before I got to Smokey. <laughs> wow! I started that room like in two thousand four. It's still going on. Anyway, that's good. I was going off on somebody because I used to smoke cigarettes, mm-hmm. and cigarettes was like four, fifteen dollars a pack in New York. But I live in Jersey, so it was like eight dollars. Either way, it was too much money. But um. Anyway, I had a friend, and I, every time I see Tony Woods, it's like everybody don't exist except for Tony Woods. So mm-hmm. I'm standing there talking to Tony Woods. And, oh, it was a, like a lot of new jacks in front of Mo. Yep. There's a hang there. So I'm talking to Tony Woods, and it was a couple of comedians that was around, and, and somebody asked me for a cigarette. So I gave them my pack of cigarettes. And I'm still talking to Tony, and I'm like observing my surroundings now, and I'm looking at everybody got a cigarette in their mouth. And the person I gave the cigarette to got one in his mouth and two, one behind each ear. I said, hold on, Tony. What? You would have to bleep me out right now. (laughs) Now you can say it. You can say it. So anyway, Tony, the comedian that was standing next to Tony said, oh, my God. I hope she don't never get mad at me. She is really going off or she is cussing him out. And Tony Wood said, you never had a Tina Graham cussing out? And I said, <laughs> no. He said, Yo. she don't like you then. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that's funny. Look, Tony, Tony was, I want to make sure this is clear since you brought him up, Christina. Because I, 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 I was just talking to him today. And, and like, because we got, like, he, he's done our live show. So we're going to bring him on air too. <laughs> But Tony, like, it's I wait till his show. But Tony and cigarettes is is always funny. I just want to make sure that you know. <laughs> Tony got multiple cigarette funny stories, and I don't understand how. Like, well, how come when a cigarette comes in Tony's uh, vicinity, it's a story about to happen? <laughs> <laughs> you know, a story about everything, honey. Trust me. Everything. I met Tony. He was coming from Desert Storm. He was on a podcast one day, and it was. 20 minutes on Tina Graham. I was like, if you guys don't shut the fuck up. 
Yo, that's I, I funny. I paid him at Uptown Comic Club because he thought he was getting paid. Uptown never paid anybody. That's a showcase room. This is 1988, right. 89. Somebody in D.C. Oh told him. I don't know, I don't know who he was messing with in, in uh, D.C., but they told him he was getting paid. <laughs> he said, I'm going to talk to him when I get my money. I said, oh, so you think you're getting paid? I said, let me know how that work out. <laughs> <laughs> so what, like, all right, so like, you was, like, we, we were talking about the the you know saying the comics coming together right um so like in the in the a-list clubs like i said business i understand business for good business and i understand people do quote unquote certain things that can be looked perceived as good business for wrong reasons right mm-hmm. when we, we talk about a club and the three months ahead and the three months behind like that's to protect the brand right i don't and me personally, I don't think a comic should play uh inside of 25 miles, you know what I'm saying, every six months, like inside of six months, especially when you when you have a big draw. Because if it messes with your draw a little bit, don't, do you agree or no? Am I wrong or not? Unless you only bring in one draw a year. That's ridiculous. Mm. Come on, you got a headline every week. You got to stay open. Right. You're not going to book the same comic once a year. If you gotta draw every week, and there's enough comics out here that can draw. You right. Know? You don't have to do that. Do you believe that? Do you think? Do you think there's enough? Com- there's a lot of comics that can draw. Yes. Hmm. You want me to name some? No, nah, I, mean, I mean, I mean, yeah, because I'm in sure. DC and you in in uh, Jersey, so there's always a tour. Out. <laughs> about five or six comics. It's like all the tours got all headliners on it. Because right now, I don't think none of them can sell by themselves. But the bottom line is they're all headliners. Right. Come on, even Mike goes out with Michael Blackson and Tony Rock and all yeah. these people. They're all headliners. Right. And he got five on one show. And now you got the internet comments that got two and three million followers. Mm. You're right. It's enough for them to come in. You can have a headliner every week. And they do have headliners every week because they advertise who's coming the next week. Right, 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 right. They don't have to block people money. As far as I'm concerned, mm. you in my pocket. I agree. So with with everything going on now and and how we talked about everything being slowed down with the pandemic, how do you see things moving forward as as we are what we hope is kind of the back end of the pandemic? What are you looking for going into 2021, 2022 for comedy? Well, you know, I'm always for the underdog. So I'm looking forward to having all this free comedy on my stage Mm -hmm. working out working on new stuff so I could watch them grow again. <laughs> right, 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 right. Comics making money. I think most of the comics that's probably going to make the money is the one that had some type of draw because the comic club is going to need to get their money back. Right. If they open up mm-hmm. again. If they right. last. Because yeah. you know? a lot of the clubs they close for good. Yeah, screw Two I yep. had, they close for good. Oof. I was just talking about that with my partners for the DC Comedy Festival. Like so many clubs inside of these, so many restaurants, clubs, mm-hmm. everything just shut venues, shut all the way down in DC. Like I think it's like seventy five percent of uh, venues in DC are are gone. Yeah. Like, so I don't know. I don't know how this is going to play out. Like, well, I, 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 it's, it's it's almost like going back to the eighties. You got to mm-hmm. work that stage and develop. The, and not only that, you have to take advantage of the internet right now. Mm. Literally. But that's gonna be the new. Uh, even uh, it's almost like the internet comedy was ahead of the game. Yeah. 
before the yeah. pandemic. They were drawing like crazy. Yeah. You know, I remember Mike Epstein, he was going to take DC Youngfly under his wing, and he did for almost two years. You know, because the thing is, you're on the internet, you're standing behind a phone or whatever by yourself, but can you rock 5,000 people once you get out there making faces and shit? And you know, that's the hard you part. You bring some material now. Right. You got the people. It was opposite back in the day. You had to go out and hustle and go to every city and do every club for free and, and, and have somebody see you and bring you back for money. Now you go on the internet and draw 2,000 people. It's like, okay, do I have material? Uh, we're going to book you. We need you to do an hour. Mm. <laughs> and that's a two minute TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> we need material. We paying you $30,000, $40,000 for you to not get up there and make faces. This is my thing, though, right? With the internet comics, I, I, I applaud internet comics for the intuition and and the, and the development of their craft, right? Um, but I, I feel like, and it, tell me if I'm wrong in this, I feel like the internet comics have made it so that people are skipping the line and they don't realize that they're damaging the craft, or maybe, maybe damaging the craft. Everybody's perspective on this is different do you think the internet the internet comics skipping the line because we have we lost the whole track of comics traveling to build a name and traveling to get an audience so now the internet comics now they have like two million followers and that's not normal like it's maybe like 50 of them that have that right but you you have the internet comics going on the internet and getting all these clientele and then they go out and charge these clubs three grand and then the, the audience that comes out to these clubs don't come back. So then you get a comic who might not have that big of a following, but it's way funnier. And if the audience saw them, they would come back. So is it messing up the hustle of comedy now? Or do you think it's a good thing that we just got to evolve into? No, I think it's... Okay, I'm waiting my minute. Okay. I think uh, <laughs> the guys that can do it need to jump on the bandwagon and get on the internet. Mm, mm. If you can't beat them, join them because you ain't gonna beat them. Because the bottom line, we live in, in the matrix. You either get on board or get off the ship. That's good if word, they can wow. do it, you can do it too. If you're a real comic, get on there and put two, three minutes on of your stuff on the internet and get because it was not as easy, but it's but not that they, easy. If man. they can do it, you can do it. Mm. If you're better at it, do it telling jokes than they are, right. get your following on the internet like they are. This is a whole new mm. world order honey trust me it's, it's no more of that other stuff anymore period it's not it's not coming back to the 80s and the 90s this is 2000 wow. get on board mm. wow that's a that's a different um thorough perspective yeah different take i didn't know how you was gonna go with it but yeah that's not, i mean that's I'm not mad at them. I, I really i'm not mad at them for the simple fact they found a new way to do it and the bottom line is join them get on there and tell one or two jokes and get your following too don't and hate that's what game. I, hate yeah. the play. Don't hate the player. Hate the game. Hate the game. <laughs> <laughs> Players ball, baby. Yes. Like this. My thing is, is I'm starting, to, and I am starting to see comics do it. Right. Andrew Schultz started. Uh, Andrew Schultz is the one that got the biggest off of it. But I started seeing comics. They're releasing clips. They're like literally taping 30, 20 minutes of material that they're not gonna put in a special, and they're they're literally cut cutting them up on TikTok of all places. That's there only a minute. That's fifty nine seconds. And they're instead of doing the skits, they're literally just releasing their jokes and getting numbers off of it. So I I, I agree with you on that part. I didn't <laughs> think you was gonna go to. I didn't think you was gonna go as far as to say you can't you can't beat them, join them. I didn't see that. 
I didn't see that coming. Because <laughs> as so, the thing is, we can't go backwards. We're not going backwards. We're not going back to the chitlin circuit and all that kind of stuff. Let's get the chitlin circuit all together. Now, now the chitlin circuit is going to be comics trying to find somewhere to work out material. And that's where I come in. Okay. I got okay. <laughs> now this is Miss Tina, like because and you you've mentioned it a couple times, and I I I do agree with it in a certain sense, right? So comics think that they should be paid anytime they go on stage, mm. right? And they don't understand. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think we know how she's gonna answer that. And you need to finish that question. <laughs> Like, but it is true. Where did that? Do you know where that came from? With you being in the game over twenty years or thirty years at this point, right? Where like, did that do boom? you? Where did that happen? Where comics like, where comics thought they could just be like, no, I go, I'm, I'm only a year and a half in, three years in. You should be paying me. They do five open and, mics and they expect to be on your showcase. Yeah, like, where did that come? Where did that come? When did that start? Can you? Do you know, or it just happened? It just happened. Well, back in the day, they already knew they weren't getting paid. The thing was, <laughs> that, uh, they, it wouldn't even start like that. It's like you get paid when you got a following, period. Right. And you can't put no ass in the seats. You ain't getting paid. So when Kama come with me with that, I said, uh, TMI, keep it moving. <laughs> Next. <laughs> I said, I'm going to pay you. I'm going to pay you no attention. <laughs> <laughs> Stealing that. I'm gonna pay you. I'm gonna pay you no damn attention. <laughs> How much you want? Oh my god. Oh my god. So what Not, but, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, so so what do you have going on now? What's 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 Miss Tina getting into now? What's Miss Tina got going on in the next six months? Actually, within six months, I will have a documentary. Woo. Starting in two weeks. I finally so it decided to let somebody do it. I had a couple of people try to do it. They kind of dropped yeah, the ball, you know. But uh, okay. this person, he was like readily to do it. I was like, okay. Well, he was telling me what he was doing. He called me to be in his documentary. And the way he was talking, I was like, he can do mine. I said, would you like to do mine? He said, that's funny you said that. Because <laughs> two years ago, I told somebody if I was going to do a documentary, I would like to do it on Tina Graham and Bob Sumner. Oh, I see. Well, Bob got one in the works already. He's been working on it for like the last couple of years. He said, "I'm gonna do it in six months." Mm. So I'm pulling pictures. I don't know if y'all follow me on Instagram. I do. Yes, I'm ma'am. Pulling, I'm pulling pictures because I can go way back with the pictures. Yes, you can. <laughs> Get, so go back in time with the pictures. Start, tell the story behind the pictures. So when I'm talking, you can see the picture flash up on the documentary. And I'm pulling names. I'm trying to not leave anybody out. The one that's got some stories. <laughs> right. Well, everybody, Look, you got, everybody got a telegram. Oh, that's that was earlier today. <laughs> do I, the, uh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw you put this. Uh, I appreciate you putting that, that up. Was, yes. was, it didn't get everybody because it was some of the comedians that passed away. Yeah. Mm. Uh, that's what. <laughs> y'all go through your. It's like. It's just like Celebrity Central out here. Man. Yes, it is. <laughs> That's, That's oh, that amazing. Oh my god! What, is I, 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 everybody I can see. <laughs> I was gonna say, is this a TikTok going on right now? <laughs> yeah, that was that, that's me in cartoon. 
So there's the Instagram handle at the bottom for anybody that isn't wise enough and already following. It's at Miss Tina Graham on Instagram. Don't be hitting up her DMs trying to ask about these auditions that we talked about. Shut your shit, all right? Just oh, don't do it. I'll be coming to that town. <laughs> Back in the day, Ricky Smiley, the comments would bring me to that town. Like Ricky Smiley, I did a show called Snaps. Yeah. Was HBO. Yep. And at the time, it was 1994, so the comments really wasn't that famous. And I that's where I saw Michael Blackson. He said, you motherfucker. I was like, <laughs> bet you on the show. Yo. Yeah. And, as a matter of fact, I did Monique's club. Monique had the Depp Comedy Jam, and it got cut. And you know, Monique's my mm. friend. So anything she needed me to do, I would do it. So she opened a club in Baltimore, but it was kind of yep. struggling. She said, you have anything, Tina, you can bring it here. So I, I did the auditions at her club in Baltimore. Ooh, and I got awesome. Joe, Joe Claire, Red Grant, um, Michael Blackson. I think Red mm-hmm. Grant was maybe 19 at the time. Wow. Joe Claire that's, was yeah. straight, out, straight out of Morgan State. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's DC's own, man. That's DC, he's, he's back on the radio on DC now. Yeah, I'm so proud of him. You know, we was on tour together. So, oh, that's you know. what's up. And I put him on snaps. We was on the tour bus. We were on the tour bus one day. They was getting ready to go all do the snapping on the bus, and I was laying there. He, he was like, and Joe Claire was like, "Oh no, I ain't gonna mess with Tina. She did snaps. I forgot about that." Okay, no. <laughs> Bring your mama and your daddy. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you think do you think with with all the with all the real estate that's about to be open, like, and it's unfor- it is unfortunate because of the pandemic. But do you think with all the real estate that's about to open, do you think comics should start going after their own clubs? Or do you think comics shouldn't own clubs? Most of the comic clubs in the past was owned by comics. That's what I said. Yeah, they were. <laughs> I mean, um, even though they were white comics, but you know, uh, they had a comic club in, in um, uh, what's that? Burbank. It was owned by a comic. And only that, what's the father from... Um, Jamie Foxx show the uncle. Uh, uh, uh Witherspoon. Witherspoon. John Witherspoon. John Witherspoon. Not, not John Witherspoon. He wasn't the father. Of Jamie Foxx show. Oh no 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 no. That, no, I'm the thinking of, that was a. Uh, oh, anyway, no, I think he owned the comic club. Jay Anthony Brown owned the comedy club. Mm. Um, Earthquake owns the comedy club. Yep. Earthquake had Uptown Comedy Club. Uptown Comedy yep. Corner. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, they're owned by comics. You got to really love comedy to open a comedy club. And even promoters, most of them are closet comedians. Trust me. Mm, yeah. G Thing used to be a, a nail technician. He used to be a promoter. And all of a sudden, he's a comedian. Oh, my God. I got a story. Go ahead. We we finish out on this one. Go ahead. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but I think comics should open comedy clubs. Because they, you know, mm. they believe in the, the plight. You know what I'm saying? They know. Because right. people that don't really love comedy are going to keep the comedy club going. They love to right. see comedy. You have to love that. That has to be in you. And I was yeah, th- I thinking see. about somebody that slept on my couch one time because he got left from St. Louis. What <laughs> <laughs> a what? G Thing was a closet comic. We're a comedian now, but you know, at back okay. in the day, Lavelle Crawford used to be partners with G Thing in St. Louis, and they used to bring comics there. And G Thing used to get comics from me sometimes, some of the headliners. But we told G thing to stop using Def Comedy Jam names. Him and Bob fell out about that. Oh, anyway, man. they did a show. Uh, uh, Lavelle got picked to do Showtime at the Apollo, so they right. drove from St. Louis. G thing drove Lavelle from St. Louis. So, now I oh, just left the building, and I live in New Jersey. That's Harlem, so it right. really only takes about twenty-five minutes. 
But anyway, I just left, and I guess G thing thought if he came, he could just get on like it was a comedy club. Oh, you know, he could just get oh. on, and when he didn't get picked to get on, he left Lavelle Crawford. <laughs> 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 That's some I get, phone, I get a phone call from Lavelle. Lavelle said, Tina, I don't know anything about New York. Can you come get me? I said, Wait a minute. I thought you was on your way back to St. Louis. Oh my God. G thing left me. I was oh like, What? That's some haterade right there. That's that's <laughs> haterade. I, I literally lived at the time seven minutes from the airport, from New York <laughs> oh Airport. And I said, "Are you serious? Are you sure?" He said he left me. <laughs> <laughs> I drove all the way back to Harlem to pick Lavelle Crawford. I'm looking at my couch oh like, "Oh my god, is she gonna cry?" <laughs> oh my god, bro. <laughs> So that I is funny as hell. I'll come get you. Oh my god, yo! If somebody oh leaves god. me because they couldn't get on the show, I'm gonna punch them in the face. I'm not gonna lie to you. This is not <laughs> happening. That's so messed up, bro. Like you just left me because you couldn't get on the show on a national. Oh my god, that's some haterade right there. <laughs> yo, that's so bad. Yo, Miss Tina Graham, we I hope to get you down there for the DC Comedy Festival when uh whenever it happens. This Thank time. you again but, for your time. Thank you for coming DC. on. There's a guy named Tony Woods down there somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. I'm a, I'm a, I think I'm going to see him tonight. So I'm going to definitely let him I know the truth. I can't see what people are saying. Oh, you, yeah, because they, they, what's the name? I, we put them up. So they, it's in the it's in the threads. So you, when you go back. <laughs> Blame Eddie for not showing it. It's that guy. What? I do show him. I'm showing all of them. She if can't I see it. I would have put my other phone up and I would have saw it. Yup. I'm sorry. I didn't know that you was Eddie monopolized for. the whole ordeal tonight. Blame him. <laughs> <laughs> Are people still on there it's commenting? Yep. Yeah, it's, people, it's always people commenting. They always want always to jump in. They always want to jump in. How much time we got? Because uh, one of my friends said, shout out my, my food. <laughs> shout out. Also, they, you can shout your own shit out. So I will say this. So and this happens a lot. So everybody, thank you guys for watching. Um, if you want your comment to be shown on the screen, you have to go to I'm going to get in trouble page yep. and follow and then submit. If you don't, it only goes to whatever it was shared. Yep. Yeah, it goes to each particular post. So we get that all the time. Like people will like because it's shared so many places that like and it doesn't show us who's viewing. Right. Mm -hmm. So our viewership that you see is only the people that's viewing from our page. You get what I'm saying? So that is how it, it, it maneuvers. It's, it's a work in process. We, you know, we only a year into the podcast. We ain't hit a hundred episodes yet. <laughs> We're working on it, but thank you again, Miss Tina. We got your Instagram up there. We appreciate having you on you stopping by and dropping some knowledge on us. Thank it you. It was my pleasure. Am I going to see these comments later? Yes, yes ma'am. Yes, man. Where am I saying that? Uh, they'll come up when we post it. When we post it on the um, page, when on the page you can get them. And then, but like I said, if they commented in different sections or in different areas, it'll pop up wherever they commented. At. <laughs> so that's all. But we we greatly appreciate. it. I got to get out of here. Everybody already know. Y'all two have fun later, everybody. Thank y'all for tuning in. <laughs> that's why I'm mad with it. That's why I'm mad with it. That's why I'm mad with it. Get out the trap with it. Whatever you want, whatever you need, it's on tab, get it?